Welcome back to That's So Chronic with me, Jess Bryan. It's the last Tuesday of the month, which means it's time for a That's So episode. These episodes are a chance to chat about something that's in our That's So Chronic world, whether that be a book, a film, an activity, literally anything and everything. Today, I'm chatting about the Surgeon's Hall Museums and the Blood and Guts walking tour that I was fortunate enough to go on during my time in Edinburgh. Hello! I'm so excited to be back in your ears after a week off last week. I'm currently on a three-month adventure around Europe, and for all of August I was in Edinburgh, Scotland, performing street shows at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, which is where this episode is set today. I knew nothing about Edinburgh's medical history until I listened to an episode of the incredible podcast Med Crimes. It was all about the infamous Burke and Hare. If you are unfamiliar with what Burke and Hare got up to, I recommend listening to the Med Crimes episode because the hosts Kate and Devon go into way more depth than I'm able to today. But essentially, the medical university in Edinburgh was leading the way in studying anatomy and needed cadavers. So Burke and Hare started robbing graves to sell bodies to the professor Robert Knox. But long story short, not enough people in Edinburgh were dying to rob them in their graves. So they took it upon themselves to make sure that more people in Edinburgh were dying if you catch my drift. <laughs> Eventually they were caught, Hare turned on Burke and the judge ruled that Burke would be sentenced to the death penalty and his body would be dissected and on display forever as a repayment for all of the public dissections of humans who did not agree to that. It's believed that 25,000 people watched his execution on the 28th of January 1829 And countless students came to watch the public dissection. And so once I heard this story on med crimes, I was absolutely obsessed. I told everybody these fun facts that I had learned. I remembered, I think it was Devon who mentioned in the episode a museum in Edinburgh that she really wanted to go to because Burke's skeleton resides at the Anatomical Museum and his death cast, which is a plaster mould of his face that is done just after he died, and a small leather notebook made of his skin is at the Surgeon's Hall Museum, which... Yes, I got to see. It was so eerie and bizarre, just like a lot of what I saw in the Three Surgeons Hall Museums. I actually just can't believe that I'm in this room looking at this many skulls. But before we get to that, we need to talk about blood and guts. The twists and turns of Edinburgh's medical history walking tour. The cart is driven into Surgeon Square, not to Dr. Knox, no, 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 to Tertius Monroe, the most well-attended surgery he ever performs in his entire career. It's packed to the rafters in there, and so many people want to attend that after he's dissected William Buck, the body is left there, so a queue of people, both surgery professionals and members of the public at random, can wander past and pay their respects. 
this walking tour is run through the Surgeon's Hall Museum and can easily be booked online, but I actually managed to get a ticket from the reception of the museum on the day. It runs over the weekends and sometimes on Mondays, and it cost me... How much did it cost me? £14.95p for a student ticket, but adult tickets are normally £17.95. The event listing reads, Discover the intrigues, rivalries and dedication to the cause as our guide leads you through the sites where anatomists, surgeons and physicians worked, operated and squabbled in the quest for medical advancement. Drawn from the archives at the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh, you will hear little-known accounts of iconic writers, chloroform tea parties, pioneering women, grave robbing, and of course, Britain's first serial killers, the infamous Burke and Hare. We started the walking tour at the Surgeons Hall Museums and made our way through Edinburgh's old town, stopping at multiple places to learn more. I'm obviously not going to give too much away because if you're in Edinburgh, you should totally do the tour and hear all of this for yourselves but two of my favorite stories involved one learning about the beginnings of amputation and how the goal to begin with was just how fast you could amputate a limb it was performed in public almost like a street show which is so ridiculous and number two I also found it fascinating how at the beginning no one actually believed Joseph Lister when he discovered that germs getting into open wounds during surgery caused infection and that washing your hands and sterilizing the surgical equipment using antiseptic methods which is a term that he coined would help reduce the amount of surgical deaths that were consistently happening. It's just so wild to think that of course we didn't know these things and someone had to figure it out but knowing what we know now it's just absolutely ridiculous that people didn't believe him at the start. We heard so many fascinating stories from our tour guide John. I was really intrigued as to how he ended up as a medical history tour guide so thankfully he agreed to answer a few questions while we were walking. And just a side note I'm sorry about the gusts of wind in this recording. I'm still figuring out the best way to record while out and about. Well I, first and foremost I should say I didn't write this walking tour. Okay. So it was written by a, a lovely guy who um, uh, was contacted by the Surgeon's Hall um, and he was really uh, keen on exploring this idea of really getting into the meat of the thing, if that makes sense, because there's yeah, a lot yeah. of history tours that can be quite dry Yes. Um, and you've already got the experience of slow methodical accumulation of data because we have the museum. So here we can really lean into Formative aspects, we can yeah. really lean into the storytelling and making it because I think it's quite easy to to forget. But this is this is like a horrific crime yeah, that we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> this is not only are we furthering science on the one hand, and we're creating medicine as everyone knows it, but at the same time, it's being built off the back of the outright theft yeah. of bodies. Yeah, literally. And I've not been able to personally find a good start date for it. Um, I'm always trying to see if I can find something that proves it's been going on for longer. Mm. But the, the earliest thing I found was there was a there was a letter written by Edinburgh organisations decrying the practice of grave robbing, and for the part, all of the um, organisations were quite proactive about it. For yeah. instance, if you were a student into the 
uh, end the university studying surgery, you weren't allowed to go in a graveyard. Ah, oh, right. You were not allowed to go inside. Yeah. So there was sort of proactive industrial institutional things to kind of prevent it. And in seventeen thirty three they come out with a letter that says we utterly decry this practice. <laughs> I have no idea how long it had been going on for before yeah. seventeen thirty three. So it's difficult to tell the exact start date because it's yeah. not like Jim Grave Robber is gonna be like, Oh on oh, April oh, this yeah. week, <laughs> I pinched the body and I was the first one. But since 1733, the finale of our story is in 1829 and then culminates with the Anatomy Act in 1831. Mm, so okay. even if 1733 is the very start, yeah. 98 year period wow. where this is happening. And then it's like Britain. if that hadn't have happened, we wouldn't know what we know maybe today. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's kind of the horrible yeah. thing about it, isn't yeah. it? So I, I, I think this tour is a wonderful platform to explore that question and to face up to that fact and you're obviously really interested in it absolutely that's so reasons, cool one of the reasons i do it i i um and uh, as well as jerry are uh professional actors and performers so i've done other tours as well yeah but it's wonderful that we have such a helpful uh group at certain's hall who are so willing to to talk with us and help with us and work with us it's really really helpful yeah Oh, awesome. That's so good. John really made the walking tour a lot of fun, and it was clear that he is really passionate and interested in Edinburgh's medical history. And so he goes around and he collects all the artifacts around the city, all the surgical oddities that they've kept. He goes to John and Charles Bell and he buys the skeleton of Christy Moore, for instance. He goes around and acquires all sorts of surgical oddities before gifting them to the Surgeon's Museum. Because, after all, if you can go and see the real thing, nobody will need to pay for the Monroe's sketches ever again. And then it was time to check out the Surgeons Hall Museums, which entrance to the museum comes complimentary with your walking tour ticket. If you have seen the TikTok or the reel that I shared over on at That's So Chronic, you will know that there are three museums that make up the Surgeons Hall. They are the Wall Pathological Museum the History of Surgery Museum, and the Dental Collection. There is also an exhibition called The Body Voyager in the History of Surgery Museum, which explores the rise in computerized and robotic technology in medicine, which was super interesting. No artificial intelligence or robot will ever replace the need for human time. The first part of the museum has a lot of what is covered in the walking tour written down with artifacts and skeletons and drawings of the time. It was funny to see an article from The Lancet in 1867 because I'm constantly reading articles from The Lancet now for my health science degree. So amazing to see articles from all the way back in the 1800s. Then I went upstairs to the Pathology Museum where there are thousands of body parts and specimens preserved in jars in rows and rows and rows of cabinets. I had never seen anything like this before. Oh my god, eyeballs. Wow. Holy shit. I'm not gonna lie, the skulls 
are pretty fucking freaky. I actually just can't believe that I'm in this room looking at this many skulls. Fascinating. I am also a little bit terrified that I'm gonna like knock something over. <laughs> oh my god. But what I was most intrigued by was seeing the brains. There are so many brains. Like legitimately so many brains that I'm staring at. Oh my god. As I was looking at some of these brains, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if there's a brain that has multiple sclerosis? And it turns out that there is. And I want to cry. Wow. That's a lot. Wow. Cool. If you don't know, I was diagnosed with MS in 2014 and probably understandably, I felt very weird after seeing the brain with MS. And I, to be honest, still don't really know how I feel about it and I'm not really too sure what to say. There were also information cards that explained a little bit about the person and the disease or condition that was being presented. As someone, obviously, who has a podcast dedicated to sharing patient stories, I found this really interesting. There was one particularly moving story of a man who had a supernumerary limb or a third leg and he lived completely isolated in Scotland because his parents believed that he was cursed. He always wore a kilt to hide his third leg but eventually doctors persuaded him to have it surgically removed. He was 50 years old at this time and it was his first time away from home. The surgery was ultimately a success. The wound healed in 14 days. But unfortunately, he died three months later of a urinary tract infection. There was also a skeleton of a woman who had one of the earliest recorded caesarean sections in Britain. Her child survived, and he's thought actually to have been called Caesar. But unfortunately, she died 20 minutes after the C-section from blood loss. And... Yeah, her skeleton is in the museum. Unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of time to explore the museum because I had to go and help my friend film her street show. But the whole experience was... Well, I don't actually know what describing word to use. It was full-on, intense, fascinating, bizarre, and eye-opening. It does feel a little bit weird looking at all of these body parts and body bits and not knowing like who these people are or what happened to them. It's quite a weird experience. Not really too sure what I was expecting though, but the feet are just a bit much though. <laughs> I have to move on. Honestly, I could not recommend the Blood and Guts walking tour and the Surgeon's Hall museums any more. I could have spent hours looking around and reading all of the things and it gave me even more of an appreciation for medical professionals, researchers and medicine in general and just how far we've actually come. And it's, it's, it's both not that long ago and... It's, it's both incredibly far past and also uncomfortably close. Yeah. Someone, uh, Jerry gave me a statistic that I've not been able to work into the tour, and which is why I'm saying it here, which is 
before ETU 47. If you had, if you had a debilitating injury, if you needed to have your leg amputated mm. or something removed, you might as well just die yeah, before 1847. Right. Like, you could go for surgery, but all the surgery's <laughs> gonna do is kill you more painfully. Oh. So, uh, your best statistical idea is just to give up. And it's only at 1847 where the needle swings the other way and it goes, well, no, surgery actually does have a good chance of helping you, possibly. Yeah, wow. Which is insane to think about. We're talking about 1847, so we're talking about, what, 150 years plus? Yeah. That's far too close to be thinking about this idea of medicine being fundamentally useless. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of That's So Chronic. As always, I'll pop links to the walking tour and the Surgeon's Hall Museums in the show notes if you're interested in finding out more information. I'm trying to get better at sharing more behind-the-scenes content of creating this podcast over on social media, so if you would like to connect more, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at That's So Chronic. If you've got an idea for something that could be featured as a That So episode on the final Tuesday of every month, you can send me an email on hello at jessbryan.com. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you've pressed subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening so you never miss an episode. I'll be back in your ears next week for a regular interview episode. And until then, I hope you have a lovely week.